All right. Good morning, Crossroads Ministries. I want to thank you for joining us here this morning. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in the auditorium this morning, in here this morning with us, would you please stand? And that's just Bring a neighbor or something.
Thank you. 
Amen. You may be seated. Amen. What a great day today. We're so glad that you are here this morning. Today, to uh, start off our service, we'd like to have a few baby dedications. We're so thankful for these people that have come today, these young families that are dedicating their children. So as I call your name, I'm going to ask you to come forward with your, with your baby. Uh, this morning, Frank and Katie Bialco are bringing Brooklyn Grace Bialco, born on August 31st. All right, 2022. Let's welcome Frank and Katie and little Brooklyn. Man, oh dang, God bless you guys. Look at that, just a little beautiful newborn. Come on up here into the light. Man, we thank God. Oh my goodness. And then we also have this morning, Cynthia and Luke are bringing up, uh, Lucas, Cynthia and Lucas are bringing up Gia Muser, who was born on 417 2020, and Banks Muser, who was born on 11-9. Come on over, come on up and on over to this side, all right? Let's thank God for this beautiful family. Man, we thank God for you guys, and uh, as we see, uh, what's that? Oh, you got one shoe. Shoeless in the church, huh? Hey, that's cool. The sock is attached. No, it's just stuck in there. Oh, okay. I was like, I want to get a pair of those, you know? That'd be cool, you know? So, anyhow. But anyhow, well, we're, we're so thankful for these young families that God has brought our way. God has done a miracle in all of your lives and has given you these beautiful, precious children. Uh, today, as you stand here and we dedicate the children before the Lord, I just want to remind you that when we dedicate your children, we're dedicating them and asking the Lord to protect them and watch over them, to keep them, and that they would open their heart to have a personal relationship with Jesus at a very young age. And so we're really on top of that Oh, man, she's getting all the looks today, man. She's beautiful, right? Uh, Today, uh, we're really dedicating you as parents because uh, this is a big job today. I want to remind you what the Scripture says here. Psalm 78 says, Oh, my people, listen to my instruction and open your ears to what I am saying. For I will speak to you. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories that we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and about his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave instruction to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them and even uh, and that they will in turn will teach their children. So today, as, as you stand here and you're dedicating your children before the Lord, I just want to remind you that as you bring these wonderful children to the Lord, that you are actually bringing them, you're committing to bring them up in the ways of the Lord and teach them the things of God. And so that's more than just Sunday church. It's more than just a weekend event. It's your home and and to give your home over to God. And our prayer is, again, that one day at a very young age that they will open their hearts to Christ. You're going to see later in the service one of our, one of our missionaries. We're going to talk about a 4-14 window. And that's the ages of 4 to 14. And that's when so many people come to Christ. And so what we want to do here this morning is we're going to pray a prayer of dedication over your children. And we're just going to ask the Lord to, to protect them, to keep them safe, to grow His Word in your family and in your lives. Amen? So uh, we're going to start over here with Frank and Katie this morning. And uh, she's ready to pray, too. This is wonderful. Let's just go before the Lord this morning, okay? 
Dear God, we come before you, Lord, and I just lift up this wonderful family, Lord, for Frank and Katie. God, you've been so good, and uh, you have blessed them, indeed, with Brooklyn Grace. So, Lord, we come before you now, and we just lift up little Brooklyn Grace to you, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful child. Lord, you said in your word the children are an inheritance of the Lord. So, God, you have given to Frank and Katie this wonderful inheritance, little Brooklyn Grace, Lord. So, God, we thank you for her, and I ask that you'll put your hand of protection on her, Lord. Guide her. Keep her safe, Lord. Open her heart at a young age that she'll be a follower of Jesus Christ for a lifetime. We're so thankful for what you have done in this family, Lord. And we come now, we, we lift up Frank and Katie to you, Lord. We dedicate Frank and Katie as parents. And, Lord, we now dedicate to you little, little, um, little Brooklyn this morning. We, we dedicate her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for, for Lucas and for Cynthia, Lord. And we just thank you for the, the wonderful family that, that you have got started in their life, Lord. And, God, it's, uh, it's just wonderful just to see these children grow. And, uh, Lord, we've watched, watched uh, Lucas and, and Cynthia, Lord. We've watched them in their lives grow. And so, God, it's been wonderful to know this family as well and to watch them grow. And now, Lord, you've blessed them with these beautiful children. Lord, for Gia, Lord, we thank you for Gia, and we just lift her up before you, and we dedicate her to you, Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We ask, God, that you'll keep your hand upon her, and that you'll move mightily, and that you'll work in her life, and uh, just bring her to you at a very young age. Lord, we thank you for Banks, Lord, and uh, we just ask that you'll put your hand on Banks, Lord, and continue to move in his life. Thank you that uh, you've given this family these wonderful children, Lord. And we just ask that you'll put your hand upon him, Lord. I pray, Lord, for, for this family, Lord, for, for Lucas and Cynthia. I pray that you'll, put your, you'll, you'll work in a mighty way, Lord, and bless them as parents, Lord. May they grow and, and just uh, take, take seriously, Lord, the, uh, the call that you placed on them now to raise these children to honor you. So, Lord, we, we lift thanks up to you, and we, we ask you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we dedicate him in your name, Lord. And so, God, we come before you and we thank you for these two families here this morning, young families, Lord, that are bringing their young children, Lord, as they follow, the, as we did in the Scriptures, we see in the Scripture, a long history of people bringing their children before God and dedicating Him and honoring God. Lord, we realize you're the one who gave us these children, Lord, and, uh, and we, we respond and we say thank you. Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord, we have a big responsibility to, to steward and to to help these parents, to come alongside of them, to come alongside these children, and to help them grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I ask now that you'll put your hand of, of, of blessing upon these families in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's thank God for these wonderful families, man. God bless you guys. See you guys. God bless you guys, all right? God bless you. You guys will, you can return to your seat, and then afterwards, if you'll come back at the end of the service, and uh, Dave will get you a nice picture here, and we'll get a nice family. You can have other family members as well. So let's thank God for these wonderful families in our church. Good morning. Lots to be thankful for. Amen, church. Lots to be thankful for. Listen, what we did was we dedicated these families and their children unto the Lord. And listen, every single weekend you're going to hear us talk about Jesus. And we're never going to get tired of that because that is a, talking about Christ is the only thing that's worth talking about. 
And so that's why we exist. We exist because of Christ. And so our mission here is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to see everybody know and have a personal relationship with Christ. And so, listen, um, guys, there's all kinds of things that are just happening here, left and right. There's stuff happening here. Someone said this week it's like a beehive. And I thank God because, listen, there are, there are churches that, that, that they're, they're thinking about, can we keep the lights on? You know what I mean? And so we have a lot to be thankful for. And so to see families on stage here dedicating their children to the Lord, you're seeing spiritual legacies happening, and it's just a powerful thing. So we have lots to be thankful for this morning here. Hey, listen, uh, Crossroads, I want to let you know, um, one, if we, uh, we don't want to welcome all of our guests here in the building. We're glad that you're here, glad you're joining us this morning. If you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, thanks for being our guest. Listen, if you're here in the building, don't stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. Uh, I'm sorry. Do not forget to stop by the Welcome Center because we got a gift for you. Uh, you know, don't stop. I was about ready to break into a journey song. Anyway, and, um, but I want you to, that never happened, but I want you guys to stop by the Welcome Center because we have a gift for you by just saying thanks for being here with us. Please, it would be an honor to meet you and just to thank you for being here with us. Um, but listen, uh, we have today our Next Steps gathering. Uh, it's going to be our, ne- our Next Steps membership class. is going to be right after this service down the canopy room. There are still spots if you'd like to jump in. Uh, this is the beginning of a growth track here. This is the beginning of, you know, there's four different classes. And the first class is all about membership, is discovering what it means to be a part of Crossroads. What does it mean to call this church your home? And so that's the first class. And then uh, we just had the third class wrap up today, and so we're going to be talking more about that. But the first class is going to be our membership class, and that's going to be today, and that's going to be right after the second service down in the canopy room. So if you would like to join us, please stop by the Welcome Center and let them know, and we'll get you in. Uh, We'll have lunch for you. So we'll see you there at 1230 right in the canopy room, which is right below us. And then uh, I also want to let you know that tomorrow is the last day to bring in uh, the Operation Christmas Child boxes. So those red and green boxes, we're, we've been seeing them come in left and right this whole week. And Deb and Roger Metcalf have been leading the charge. And so can we thank God for what they've been doing? It's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, listen, like we wake up and we're like, you know, the, 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 January 1st of the new year. And Deb's thinking, all right. Operation Christmas Child, because she starts planning it so early and and talking to people and just building that team, and so we can't thank God enough for what they're doing. And thank you for serving this week. Many of you came in this week to help people bring in their boxes, and so thank you for serving as well. I just want to let you know that tomorrow's the last day to bring in those boxes, and we're going to send those off and watch those kids be impacted. It's going to be incredible. This Wednesday, we're having our Thanksgiving Eve night of worship and communion. And so a couple things, guys. You're going to hear stories on Wednesday about people's lives that have been changed by Jesus. You're going to hear stories of thankfulness, of gratitude. And so plan to be here on Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m. And then afterwards, go to Eden Park and get a pie. You know, a whole pie or a small piece of pie, whatever you want to get. But listen, uh, it's going to be a great time together as a church family. So plan to join us on Wednesday. And uh, you're going to hear some of these stories. We're going to sing, and then we're going to receive communion as we just really just begin to really be thankful for what God is doing in our lives. And then um, I want you to know that Charles Billingsley is coming up. There's going to be the Christmas concert on the 15th and 16th of December in your bulletin. I want you to grab that. Um, take a picture of it, you know, but hand it out to somebody and invite someone to join you to be with you. So there's going to be two nights, 15th and 16th. It's going to start off with the Christmas concert in here. Charles is a phenomenal musician. He is actually a worship leader and teaching pastor 
pastor at Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. But he's known really all around the world. He's an incredible, incredible musician. This is worth your time. Uh, and if you see our website, www.crsmin.com, if you go to our website, you can buy your tickets or you can stop by the front office here and Alicia will get you uh, tickets. But if you use that code, you can actually get a discount for each ticket that you buy and just uh, just an incentive to get you to come and, and to invite someone. And then after each night, there's going to be a dessert over in the gym. So if I didn't get you with music, I'll get you with dessert. All right, so that's going to be in the gym after each of those nights. So plan to join us on the 15th or the 16th. And then... And the birthday gift to Jesus Church, I want to pull your attention to your bulletin. If you pull out that, that list of all of the names and the ministries, these missionaries, listen, we're asking God to provide for the needs above and beyond. And so our goal is 100000 And so far we've seen 26000 that has been provided. So we can be thankful for that. We can clap and thank God for 26000 that has come in. <clears throat> Listen, we're stepping out in faith that we know we're making Jesus the most, we're giving the most of Jesus uh, this Christmas season. So just continue to pray about your part in the birthday gift of Jesus. And one of the missionaries I want to pull your attention to is Romy and Kay Capoli. Uh, they are part of a crossover ministry in the Philippines. And uh, I'm going to pray here in a minute, and then you're going to see a video that's going to talk all about what they're doing over in the Philippines. It's incredible. Uh, but listen, church, I, on, beside that, I want to say thank you for your giving. Uh, above and beyond is giving to the Lord and being faithful to give. Uh, there's, you can give through the mail or the boxes here in the auditorium or the foyer, or you can give uh, online. So thank you, church, for being faithful. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the reminder, Lord, that we're called to, um, in your word in Psalms, it says that we're called to bless your name, uh, Lord, and to, that your name, that your praise would continually be in our mouths, God, that we would always be thankful and talking about you. So Lord, help us grow us, make us more like your son, Jesus. And we, uh, as we open up your word here in a minute, Lord, uh, just grow us as we just uh, seek you above all else. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
We're excited to be able to support that family. Um, Romy and Kay Capulli, I know they're very good friends of Al and Linda Finney from the Philippines, and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. They actually take a basketball, and they share the good news of Jesus with a basketball. And so they're going out after that 4 to 14 window. So what a, what a wonderful thing. I want to encourage you with a Christmas offering to begin to pray and just ask the Lord. And as you give, please designate it as such so it goes to the proper place. But everything that comes in will go out. Last year we set the goal at 100,000 and we went over to 150. So 150,000 went out to all the missionaries. Isn't that wonderful? So we want to thank God for that, and we're asking the Lord to do, uh, do whatever he's going to do again this year. So I want to ask you to take, your, take that and begin to pray about that. <clears throat> and so today we're jumping into our, into our series. We're, we're going to wrap up our series on My Shepherd. We've been looking at the 23rd Psalm. And as we've been looking at the 23rd Psalm, you know, I've been starting to study a little bit about sheep. And trying to learn, you know, like, how do these sheep interact? How, you know, what is it about sheep? Because I'm just a city kid. I, I grew up in the city, so, you know, sheep, that's, like, totally foreign to me. And so as I've been learning and, you know, just looking, you know, reading so much things, I, I found this one picture. looks like how I feel half the time, you know. This, uh, this sheep, you know, I was like, how do they find me as disguised as a sheep, right? That's just kind of, ah, you're there. And then I was, uh, I was doing some other, other research, and I found out that sheep were actually very important in our country. Uh, as a matter of fact, George Washington was actually, uh, actually tended sheep at one point. A number, of presidents, a number of the early day presidents tended sheep. And Woodrow Wilson even put sheep on the lawn at the White House during World War I so that they would, so that they would take care of trimming the grass for them. Uh, because they did not want to put any manpower on, on the, uh, on, you know, any extra manpower when we were at war. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Little known fact that won't change your life or anything, but that's just fun, you know. A little bit of fun things there about the, uh, about the sheep. But I want you to catch this. We've been, we've been studying about my shepherd, and as we've been looking at the 23rd Psalm, it's been more about the shepherd than it is about the sheep. It's more about him. It's about the character of God. And when you understand, when you get to see who God really is, then you can see how he impacts your life. Then you can see how much more that you can love him and how he takes care of us. So let's take the 23rd Psalm. We, uh, we, uh, at the beginning, I encourage you, maybe if you're going through anxiety and stress, to pray, to read the 23rd Psalm five times a day. Once upon waking up, once after each meal, and once before you go to bed. So I want you to remember that because that's a nice little tool to have. It's God's Word. He's given it to us, but the power of it, and if you take it and you really realize how powerful that God is, it will change your life. Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's read it aloud together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. We're going to stop right there, and we'll pick up verse 6 later on. Uh, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to think about this because this is is what, what is going to happen in your family here this week. You're going to be setting up a table, aren't you? 
You're going you're gonna to gather around. You're going to fill this thing with, uh, with some turkey, with some cranberries, with some mashed potatoes, and you're going to have a good time. And, uh, and this is such a visual that God's given us. But as we look in the Scripture, you're like, he's talking all this shepherd talk. Why all of a sudden does he switch analogies and go right into a table? Well, he didn't. In, in the shepherd talk, there's a place where they would take them. It was known as a table land. I have a picture of what a table land may look like. It was basically another place of pasture. As they went through that, the, the, uh, the, the Wadi Kelt that we talked about last week, as they would walk through there and come out on the other side, they would go to other places of pasture, and quite often there would be table lands. So whenever he's saying he has prepared a table before me, saying, look, I've been through the valley. He just says, I've been through the valley of the shadow of death, and the Lord is still providing. The Lord is still working, and, and he provides a tableland. Tablelands needed to be prepared. It took a lot to prepare a tableland. So when you, when you had a tableland, what would happen was quite often you would go back to that area, and generation after generation in your family, year after year, you would be going back and you would be taking care of that land. You would be working the land. You, uh, you would come over and you would maybe remove some of the allergens to the sheep. There were a number of things that the sheep were allergic to. Just a few of them here are uh, products like, um, like acorns, azaleas, milkweed, mountain laurel. Uh, he would have to do a lot of work so that because he didn't want his sheep to be eating things that were going to make them sick. He didn't, want to eat, uh, he didn't want his sheep to eat things that would make them react violently. They would have to do a lot of muscle. They'd have to be removing rocks. Uh, when the gophers, you come back around and, you know, you find the gopher holes. We have a few gopher holes around here, don't we? You know, in your, in your backyard, you probably have a few of them running around. Uh, those gopher holes, the, the good shepherd would have to come and fill the gopher holes because he didn't want a sheep to trip. He didn't want them to be cast. He didn't want to be broken and down on their back. So he would, he would have to do a lot of work. And I want you to catch this because in your notes this morning, God is preparing for you. I want you to catch that. God is preparing for you. He says he has prepared a table before you. God is preparing a table for you. Now, when we think of the table, this is what we think of. And I think it's a, a proper application because whenever you think of a table, you, you know, the, the Hebrew word means, for table means stretched out. So God has laid it out. He has stretched out the provision for you. And so as you look at the table, I want you to catch this. He says there in his word, he says that you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, what does that mean, the presence of my enemies? Now, think about, think about your Thanksgiving dinner. You know, grandma's prepared a table before you. How many, are going, how many of you, when you were little, went to grandma's house for, for Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. Yeah, just about everybody. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go, right? I'll never forget going to my grandma's house. Grandma, we would go over there and we'd eat, the, eat that from time to time. I remember one time as an adult going over to my grandmother's house, and my grandmother wasn't really much of a really good cook. But I remember going over to there, and uh, she, had, she had all the food. And, you know, typically at your grandmother's house, everything's just right, you know? It's like you can't sit at the table till everything is done and it's perfect, right? Everything's got to be, you know, and you've, you've done this thing ten times. This thing is all right. The, the silverware, she's got the, the rolls are going to be there, the cranberries. Well, I'll never forget my grandmother. I'll never forget. I went over there, and she had cranberries. Now, I'm talking the cranberry, like the gel stuff, you know, which I'm not a fan of that, you know. It's just, ugh. And, and the reason that I'm not a fan of it, like, like is because my grandmother... 
I'll never forget, she would take that can, and she would open the can of that cranberry jelly, and she would just, like, the gel, and she would just open it up. And, you know, when you opened it up, it had the ribs on the can. You, you ever do that? Well, my grandmother, she put it on the table like that. She put it, and it still looked like the can. And, and she put a fork there. She goes, if anybody wants cranberries, there you are. So uh, not, not the best memory of a cranberry, right? But listen, when you go to somebody's preparing a meal for you, I mean, it's big. They've taken time. They, they, they have prepared ahead of time. They've thought about it. They've cooked. They've prepared. They've gone out. They've sacrificed. They've given of their money so that you can have a meal. And so the scripture says here that you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, what does he mean about that? You know, think about a Thanksgiving. What enemy is coming to your table? Well, maybe it's that brother-in-law you don't get along with. I don't know. Uh, you know, what is that? who is that enemy? Well, the tablelands. Now, check this out. The tablelands, they were removed. It was not near their home. It was out and about. And as they would go out there, they worked the fields from year to year. And then they would come back and they would let the sheep graze there. And as the sheep would graze there... The shepherd would be aware of the enemies. There were a number of enemies to the sheep. One of the enemies of the sheep were coyotes. Uh, coyotes were pretty tough on them. They would actually come and they would lunch at the, uh, at the mature sheep and just go right at their neck. Then they would begin to just feast on the sheep. Foxes. Foxes were smaller. They would tend to go after the, they would target the lambs. You had uh, wolves. Uh, wolves would come in packs of two to four. So did bears and wildcats. So, so you have a number, number of animals that could come at, at, the, uh, at the sheep that would be predatory to the sheep. And so David here, he is saying, he says, listen, in the presence of my enemies, the good shepherd always takes care and protects his sheep. David said this over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When David was a young man, David was saying, hey, listen, as a young man, um, I'm coming before Saul, and they wanted him to fight Goliath. So what did he say whenever he came over to fight Goliath? He said this. David said, your servant, he's talking to Saul. David says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised, meaning non-believing, this unbelieving Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So David, before he goes out to fight Goliath, says, here's, here's how you can let me go fight Goliath. I've killed a bear. I've killed a lion. They came after my sheep. And so what they'll do is, you know, a, a good shepherd sees whenever one of the sheep has been taken away by an enemy. Now, if I were, if I had a hundred sheep and coyote came and just grabbed the sheep? I mean, I'd be like, well, there are 99 other ones, right? I mean, I don't want to go fight a coyote or a bear or a lion. A good shepherd leaves that 99 and he cares about that sheep. That's what God does for us. And he says that he has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So it doesn't mean like Thanksgiving dinner, hey, your enemy's right across the table from you. But the enemies are there. The enemies are lurking, ready to go. The scripture tells us who our enemies are. Who are the enemies that we must face? Well, the enemies that we must face, they are the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
uh, as we look at this, we've got to understand that we have the world, the flesh, and the devil to deal with. These are the enemies. You know, you look in the world today, we have a, an upside-down, mixed-up world out there. Jesus said in the end days there would be wars and rumors of wars. Have you noticed, if you turn on the news, there are wars and rumors of wars. There hasn't been a day of peace yet. Uh, and so the, so the wars and the rumors of wars. I mean, we have the world. You, you look at the world stage that we're on, man. Anything that we stand for that's good, the world is going to go and go the opposite way. So we have the world. There are things in the world that are natural, that are there, that can trip us up because of our flesh. So there are things in the world that, that our flesh is prone to the temptation. <clears throat> you know, I wanted you to think about this because many of us have a, have, you may have an enemy at work. You may look at the person who, uh, who goes to work, you know, that person at work that you just don't get along with, and you say, well, that's the presence of my enemies, right? Here's the guy at work. I really don't like him. I don't get along with him or her, and uh, it becomes a, a big deal. So I want you to think about this because, because that's not necessarily the enemy. The enemy is bitterness within. You see, I have an option to choose how to react to those around me. The enemy is not necessarily that person that I don't like. It's how I choose to respond to that person. Um, Hebrews 12:15 says this, Look after each other so that no one of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now, this is, this is what happens. Within us, we have, the, we have bitterness that can come. Listen, when your pride gets offended, we all have pride. I think it's good. I mean, I mean, good pride, right? There's healthy pride. Listen, our pride, when our pride gets offended, is where the problem comes. Somebody says they didn't like you. They didn't like what you did. They didn't like what you said. They didn't like how, what, da, 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 da. And then pride comes in and I get offended. Well, what happens is if I don't deal with that, if I don't come and say, okay, now you've created this enemy of this person, and really the enemy is inside. The enemy is that bitterness. And so in your spiritual life, bitterness, the root of bitterness. So what we have to do is we have, we have to deal with Listen, it's okay that we have a conflict. We have to understand conflicts are going to happen. There are going to be people that you don't get along with. That's okay. We don't have to get along with everybody. That's okay. But what I have to do is I have to not hold bitterness. I have to not hold bitterness. Romans 12:18 says this, and I love this verse. If it is possible, I love Paul's just so honest sometimes, isn't he? If it is possible, why does he say that? Because it's not always possible. Sometimes relationships end and they move on. It is, he says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. As, as much as possible, live at peace with everyone in your life. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Now, don't you love that? You get in an argument with your friend? <laughs> I'm just going to let the wrath of God on you. God will take care of you, right? That's what he says. You see, you don't need revenge. Revenge. If you get revenge, your story's done. You've missed the blessing. If when we come and we realize that, man, as much as it is possible, live at peace. 
I can't solve every disagreement. You can't solve this, every disagreement. You, you'll never be on the same page with everybody. But as much as possible, live at peace. And let the Lord do his work. You know, a friend, offended pride, uh, once, it, once it takes its hold amongst us, it's like having a lion prowling around your heart. And that is our enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil. Bitterness is nasty, and it can destroy. We have the demonic enemies next. We have other enemies, the evil enemies. There's temptations. Now, when you think of the temptations, you have temptation to be a very proud person. You have a temptation to be, a, um, uh, to be an addict. You have a temptation to be greedy. Uh, whatever it is for you, power. Listen, you, every one of us have a temptation. And when you look at that temptation and you see it face to face, realize that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't, listen, Satan doesn't want peace. He doesn't, he doesn't want to see the gospel advance. He doesn't want to see you grow. He doesn't want to see you come and rely on God. Satan has plotted against us. If you go in the book of Job, you'll read about a man who was righteous and loved the Lord. And the scripture says that Satan plotted against him to take him down. You see, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have a real adversary. Satan is a roaring lion. Listen, do not take sin lightly. He has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your good shepherd is willing to go out and he's willing to strike the bear, to strike the coyote, to take down the lion. But listen, do not bring the enemy to the table do not invite. Listen, this is what happens. Many people, will, they will invite, well, you know, well, God will forgive me. What? God forgives you, but you're going to entertain sin that can destroy your life? Like you're going to entertain an enemy with vicious teeth and, and slobbering like a, like, like a coyote, a fox is just angry and ready to take you down? I've been reading about coyotes in Finleyville. Have you seen that out there? Everybody's talking about it around town. There's coyotes in Finleyville. And I'm like, hmm, what time are they coming around? You know, you don't want to let your dog out whenever the coyotes are coming around, do you? Or maybe you do. I don't know. Listen, it's like, yeah, you put that dog out there, you know there's danger, right? And that's exactly what it is. If you know there's coyotes around Finleyville, man, when you put that dog out at, at, at midnight before you go to bed, you're like, you're kind of watching. Or you just say, ah, oh, it's just a coyote. It'll just eat my dog. It's no big deal. I'll get another one. No. And this is what we do with our enemies. Pride. Addictions. Greed. God didn't prepare the table for that. He prepared a table before you. But he didn't invite the enemies to the table. You're not sitting having dinner with the enemy. He's prepared the table for you. And he says this. He says, I want you. I want you to say no to that because the scripture, he's the one, uh, the, the shepherd, the great shepherd, he's the one who goes out and he's the one who takes care of it. We have a real adversary, but we have very real victory in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, 
one of the ways that we have victory is through the blood of the Lamb. Over in Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcame him, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ is the, the one who paid for our sin and rose again that we could have eternal life. It's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We're going to come here on Wednesday night this week. We're going to have Thanksgiving Eve. We're going to have a table. The Lord has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to come and we are going to have communion. We're going to celebrate the blood of the Lamb. And then we are going to share stories. A few people are going to share about how they've gone through the valleys. How that God has taken them through the valleys. Maybe some will share about how they are currently in the valley. Some are going to testify the goodness of God to the grace of God. We're, we're going to have Pastor Josh Watts will be here. Josh and Shannon. Pastor Josh from, uh, from up at City Church, Newcastle. Planted church from here. He's going to be here. He's going to share what's happening up there. He just came back from Turkey. There's a few new believers in the country of Turkey. He's going to be sharing about that. I want to encourage you to be here. But why are we doing that? Because this. Because he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Here's the word. God has done it. You see, whenever I give my testimony, I say, look what the Lord has done. How great is our God. He has done great things. Man, you know what? Satan doesn't want to hear that. Satan wants you to believe that God has done nothing. Satan wants you to think that all your failures are eternal. Satan wants you to think that the past is your present. That's where Satan, Satan is always a liar. But when we stand up with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, the Lord has rescued me from the pits of hell. The Lord has rescued me from the, from the mouth of the enemy. Many times, listen, I want you to catch this. There are some times that, uh, that God works in our life and he uses different ways, doesn't he? Sometimes whenever he's dealing with enemies, there's, you know, there's just things that, that you go through in life. Sometimes God protects you. I always tell people that there are, there are angels. Scriptures talk about angels watching over us. Scripture, we, we understand, we, we, call, we refer to them as kind of like guardian angels, right? Well, listen, I always tell people that if I have a guardian angel, he's working overtime. Because I sure am Clutchy. I sure do make a lot of mistakes. I sure put myself in situations like I had one just not too long ago. I was like, oh, okay, Lord, here we go. And the Lord, and, and like you can stand back and you can say, God was with me. Like he protected me. That should have been ten times worse than what it was. But God protected me. Other times he takes you through these things. Other times you're going and like you experience those things that you thought you were being protected from. Sometimes you experience those things. And God in his own way, he's protecting you from the enemies even when it looks like it's not. He's protecting you from the enemies. Now I want you to catch this. He says this. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Listen, this is the power of your shepherd. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. 
Now, sheep will respond to their master. They will hear the voice of their shepherd. They know it means love, care, and provision. They will respond to that voice. You're hearing a lot of other voices in life. And I want to help you. I want to encourage you to listen for the shepherd. I'm going to show this video this morning of, a, uh, of, a, of an experiment they went out. And they had, there was the shepherd there. They, he's known as the farmer. And, uh, and then the, everybody else was trying to call the sheep. But it's not until they hear the shepherd's voice that they respond. One more time. And he, the sheep respond to the voice of the master. And I want to encourage you to, to cut through the enemies. Stop listening to the enemies. Stop listening to your insecurities. Be confident in who Christ is. Christ said, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who belong in Christ Jesus. There is none, no condemnation. Stop listening to the enemies. Listen to the voice. My sheep, listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, when a sheep, whenever the sheep, whenever they are terrified, they go into silence. They kind of just freeze and go into silence, and then the enemy can make us pray. And it's very interesting because typically you would think there would be panic, but when it's total fear, they go into silence. And this is what happened for our Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Look what Isaiah 53, 7 says. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before its shearers, so he opened not his mouth. He was the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. The second thing in your notes this morning is that God's provision is personal. Would you say that with me? God's provision is personal. He says, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
Now, when you think about this, here's what happens. He says, you, my shepherd, anoint me. This is personal. He has prepared a, 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 a table for me. He anoints my head with oil. Well, what's he talking about there? What, what's going on there? Well, what, happened, what would happen is the sheep would often get hurt. They would often bang their head off of a post or off of a tree. Um, even more so, they would have these little flies that would come around them. And the flies would come in, they would get up into the, into the nose of the sheep, and it could create a lot of havoc. And even, even worse, it could plant little eggs in there, and they were like parasites, if you will. And it would just, it would just take all, I mean, it would, you know, that's what a parasite does. It takes the life out of you. And so what was happening, was, and when he says, you anoint my head with oil, the good shepherd would come along, and whenever he had a, a bruise, you know, a cut on his head, he would take some oil, like an olive oil type of base, and they would make different mixtures. And they would put that on there to, to salve it, to heal it, like an ointment like you and I would use if you got a cut. Um, they would also have other ointments that they would put on the nose of the sheep that would keep the flies away. Because what would happen is when, a, when the fly would get into the nose of the sheep, he would take his head and he would bang it up and down. You could see them going like this for hours. Or, or worse, you had to be banging them off the ground and hitting their head everywhere and creating a lot of injury. And so he says, you anoint my head with oil. The good shepherd comes and he anoints the head with oil. Now, I want you to catch this because the, when you see oil in the Bible, I want you to think Holy Spirit. Think of the Holy Spirit. He says here, you anoint my head with oil. The day that you trusted Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit stepped into you. He moved into your life, and he, uh, God became your Savior, but you now have the Holy Spirit who lives with you and will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want you to understand that because here's what happens. Most of the problems that we face come through where? My mind. Most of my enemies come through my mind. He said that. She did that. Why? 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 Worry. Let the Lord God Almighty anoint you with His power, with the Holy Spirit. When you, the, the day you trusted Him, you got all of Him. He came into you. Then in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, let your life be filled with the Holy Spirit. What he's meaning is, let your life be controlled by the Spirit of God. You see, when my life is controlled by the Spirit of God, I'm not living in worry. And I'm not worried what somebody said about me. And I'm not worried about the coyote. I'm now. My head has been anointed and he protects my mind. Over in the New Testament, when he talks about the, the helmet of salvation, you see, he's anointed my head with oil. And then he wraps it up here. And, uh, and, and he says here, he says, that, uh, he says that my cup runs over. I want you to catch this. My cup, he anoints my head with oil. And then he says, my cup runs over. John 7:38 says this. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Streams of living water will flow from deep within him. The one who believes in Christ, who placed their faith in Jesus Christ. See, there's something new that will happen. There will be a stream of living water that comes from him. He says... He's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He personally, the Spirit of God, ministers to me and he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. I want you to think about this. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above. And God here tells us that he is providing for us. 
Did you know that sheep, whenever they, whenever they were hungry, whenever they were thirsty, uh, for a day of, uh, for uh, the average, average amount of water for a sheep to drink is between one to three gallons. You want to talk about how much work it was for a shepherd to do that? Go where there's no streams. He had to go. There were wells dug. They had to go. And, I mean, just how many buckets do you have to come up? You've got 100 sheep, 60 sheep. I want you to think of the, the gallons. I mean, do you ever carry that, that case of water, you know, because we're all into these bottles now? you ever carry that case home from the grocery store? You know, they always leave it in the car for me. Nobody wants to carry that thing, right? You go, oh, now imagine that times three gallons a person, 300 gallons of water a, a day. Listen, the good shepherd, God is our shepherd, and he is providing for us. And, you know, this is what happens. He provides, and, man, you say, wow. Look what God's done. But, you know, there's some emptiness. But uh, this didn't happen or that didn't happen. But in the meantime, God says, the scripture says here, my cup runs over and God just keeps providing and keeps providing and keeps providing. And man, when you get full, you say, wow, I just can't believe what God has done. God takes it a step further. And he says this, my cup runs over. From the provisions of God. He keeps taking care of me. I'm his. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm the child of God. No matter what's happening in my life, the stream of living water is flowing in my life. And folks, I want to encourage you today to not have your mind on the enemy, but to have it on the shepherd. Listen, God is always good. Would you say that with me? God is always good. He is always, always good. Surely goodness, verse 6 says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy will do what? Follow who? They are, I want you to think about this. When shepherds had sheepdogs, the sheepdogs were all over the sheep. Go Google sheepdogs. They're fun to watch. I'm, it's probably good the series is over. I'm, I'm learning too much about sheep, right? <laughs> You're like, hey, is there any other animal we can talk about? But I want you to catch this. There were sheepdogs. And those sheepdogs, right on their sheep. They followed after the sheep. Surely goodness and mercy are going to be following after me to get me through this. No. All the days of my life. And then he ends with a grand crescendo. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. We have eternity. But I want you to catch it because it's not only waiting for eternity. Right here in the house of the Lord, when the family of God gathers, man, that's the house of the Lord. It's not a building. It's a group of people. And he's, David says, these are my people. These are my God. And I've got, look what God has given to us. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for eternity. And I'm going to start now. I want to encourage you. Do you know the shepherd? You know, David, he knew the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd?
Do you know him personally? Have you had a personal interaction with God? He died on a cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life again, and he rose again. Start that relationship with God. Maybe you've started that and you've kind of drifted. You've been more worried about what people say. You're more worried about the enemy. Maybe you've been inviting enemies to your table. Some temptations that you know you you can't handle by yourself, but yet you just think it's so fun. God says, listen, I've prepared the table before you. I'll go after those enemies. And I want to encourage you to walk with that shepherd and to know him personally. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, as we prepare to sing our closing song, I'd like to invite you to, this morning to, to trust Jesus. Maybe you, not, maybe you don't know the shepherd. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin, and he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to have that relationship with you, and I want to encourage you today to start that relationship with him, a relationship that will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be there for eternity, and he'll take good care of you. So if that's you today, you say, Pastor Ken, I need to trust him. Would you pray something like this quietly to the Lord? Dear Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I need you to be my shepherd. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin, and you rose again. I invite you into my heart and soul right now. And for others this morning in this building, maybe for you, you've been drifting. You've been playing with the enemies. You've invited enemies into your table. God said he prepared you a table for you, not for the enemies. I want to encourage you today. Let the shepherd go out and take down those lambs. Take down those coyotes. Take down those, those bears and lions. Let them... Let the good shepherd do that for you. But it's going to come from a personal connection to Jesus Christ. Call upon him this morning. Father God, we come before you. And I thank you for what you've done in this place today. God, you've ministered to me through the 23rd Psalm, Lord. Just in the past five weeks as we've been chewing and and, and just chewing up the Word of God and letting it nourish our souls, Lord. We've seen the, the depths of who you are, the shepherd. God, I pray you'll be with each one in our church for those that need to come to you today, Lord, and for others, Lord, that need to, need to just come back and get in fellowship with the good shepherd. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song.
And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand